Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Scoreboard. I am joined by Jane as always and a very special guest, Sam. How he ain't that special. He ain't that special. <laughs> I, uh, a great start, guys. I, I love the welcome. <laughs> What's going on, Sam? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good. good. Sam, uh, a very important week in European football slash soccer for, you know, the other half of the world. But um, Sam will be on the show for the whole show and not just soccer. So that's good. That's always good. That Sam yeah. can give us some more time. Happy, happy to be here. Happy, yeah, to, so, happy to be so, here. Happy to make my own special contribution. <laughs> no, so if you can see, so we're gonna start right with soccer. Yeah, Great. yeah. So we're gonna start with soccer, and okay. then we'll end with the NBA because I, I can't. I want to keep the NBA hot takes by Sam very special. All right. <laughs> by the way, I tag team Sam on this one because you already know my knowledge of soccer is basically like. My knowledge of Harry Potter, so that's why Sam is gonna intervene for me. <laughs> happy to, no, happy yeah, to I, I think I'm gonna be listening to Sam as well because I, I am sure, like having, basic Barcelona basically swept the whole Ballon d'Or and, and Arsenal drew against United, so I, I, I know he's a little salty. No, we didn't. The they didn't draw. Team. They lost. <laughs> what are you talking about? They lost. <laughs> Oh yeah, they lost actually. Yeah, I was I was yeah, following. Lost. I just saw the the early game. Some some goal was disallowed to. Uh, some goal was given, which was like very weird in the United game. And oh, that was that that was a great goal. So Dekaya um, was on the floor. But anyway, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll go. We can go over that. We can go over that. <laughs> yes, we'll 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 get onto it. Yeah, we'll get onto it. But anyway, Ballon d'Or. Uh, Messi won yeah. his seventh. Yeah. So Ballon d'Or. So Yep. Yeah, Leo, Leo Messi won his seventh Ballon d'Or, and Pedri won the the Young Player of the Year. So your boys Barcelona are sweeping up the individual awards as they are not doing so well in the other aspects. But we don't have to get into that. Um, <laughs> I would definitely, you know, Messi was definitely one of the top players, and of course he's widely considered one of the great, one of the greatest, if not the greatest player of all time. Uh, I mean, and, at know, this pl- point, it you know seven. My seven last time I checked is two more than five, and you know the yeah, guy who had yeah, five so, was crying at home on that day. So, do yeah, trophies so really got, matter? Trophies, trophies that define a person. It's what's inside. Try telling that to mm-hmm. soccer Twitter again. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so this you know so Messi played quite well this year, first half of the year for Barcelona. You know, like I said, their team isn't up to their the standards they like it to be, but they still won the Copa del Rey and he still contributed a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. he was almost a one-man team pretty much, uh, even at his advanced <laughs> yeah. age, which yeah. is quite impressive what he's able to do. And then he went to uh, went back to his home country of Argentina this summer and and uh, won them the, the Copa America, which is the South American Championships. Mm-hmm. And uh, Messi had made the final um, two other times for the South American Championships, lost both times the penalties. He also made the mm-hmm. final in the World Cup uh, in 2014, lost to Germany in extra time. So he had a lot of heartbreak with Argentina oh, and yeah. he got a lot of criticism for it because they hadn't won a trophy with him. And of course, he gets compared to Maradona. And of course, Maradona won the World Cup for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a, all this pressure on his shoulders. With a handball course, goal, but who cares? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not English, so I don't care that much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, but, and, you know, Argentina 
the national team, right. the people running the national team weren't very good at their jobs, frankly. And despite all the talent that he played with, which was quite a lot of talent, they were they never mm-hmm. really were never really were able to put things together between the coach and and the players and everything else. But this time you, you could quite you could watch them and clearly uh, their manager right. uh, is clearly much more much more competent and put them together. So they played a a uh, and the manager's Leo Scaloni, Lionel Scaloni, excuse me. And he uh, right. and so he put together. So they they played a uh, a tournament in Brazil this summer, which was pretty controversial due to COVID, and so there were no fans in the stands. Even Brazilians didn't want it played. Um, right. But they played it, and so then they went and played the final against against Brazil. So they're playing in Brazil. Messi's never right. won for Argentina, and Messi didn't actually play that well. But Argentina still won, so yeah. it was a very crazy moment. But I mean, Messi and very unlike Barcelona the... that he has failed yeah, in. So yeah, <laughs> and so I mean, in fairness, Messi just played great in all the other matches. So he really killed. He was the right. best player of the tournament right, by right. far. So he played really well. And I think so. Up to that point, half the year, it's you know, it was clearly the best if, or one of the best. Like it's not really controversial. So now he went to PSG. We, you probably don't want to talk about that. Um, but he's not, he's not done much at PSG and that's led led to a lot of controversy because, you know, you've got other guys like Robert Lewandowski for Bayern Munich, who's the striker, who is, um, one of the best strikers in the world. I mean, the one of the best strikers I've ever seen, uh, the stuff that he's doing. Um, and so in 2020, they, they, they got rid of the award because of COVID. They didn't award it because of COVID. And and he mm-hmm. was clearly the best player. He would have won it in 2020. Even Messi says he would have won it in 2020. Right. Uh, and then this year, he's his team hasn't been quite as successful. Like he didn't win the Champions League with Bayern, unlike last year. But he right. still just banged in all the goals. And even this this season, so the season starts in late August and then ends in the club season. Excuse me, starts in late August and ends in May. Mm-hmm. But the 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 award is by calendar year, so you got a little bit of weirdness there. Uh, award is i think it it's until october so it's october to october yeah yeah yeah. but it's still i mean if you if you take him you know if you ignore messi's august september and october and you look at lewandowski's like august september and october like if you take that whole thing Mm -hmm. i I mean i think there's a lot of people who feel that lewandowski was the better player i would probably be among them though i don't think it's some tragedy that messi won i mean he was clearly one of the best players but there's been a lot of controversy and of course, the other guy I playing. Think, real, go ahead. Right, go ahead. right, right. So I, you, you said an interesting thing about like the the like Messi's Argentina plus Barcelona slash PSG stuff, and I think that's why Jorginho finished number three as well because he is the only person who won Euros plus a Champions League, and I think that probably is the. I can't think of any other reason why he finished number three in the voting, because other players have been so much better than him he's not the third best player of, of yeah, the, yeah. Of that time period <laughs> i mean he's, he's a very very good player he is also not the third yeah. best player of that time period yeah he he right. wasn't he was not the guy he, if you know he's not like a modric or a javi or somebody who runs those mm-hmm. teams that won a lot he's an important player for those teams but he's not the guy who runs them the way that at that level of those other greats did. Right. He, he did clearly um did not did not deserve it yeah, questionable, the top questionable spot, top spot. Yeah, those are the top spot. Three maybe, but not the top spot. So I think one of the things that Pep said, which I think Jurgen Klopp said too, that you can always give it to Messi, and that's like not really a big, you know, like no one's gonna say that it was a huge mistake, but 
like if if even right now someone non ronaldo or messi can win then like what else do they need to do to win you know that's a that's one question that comes in my mind uh, you know i mean levandowski got unlucky i mean he was out for the champ the right. important champions league match against psg and they lost because he was injured right. and so but you know whereas mm-hmm. in 2020 he also he, he would have won it because he won the champions league with bayern and then right but they, they canceled <laughs> the award so you know it's, yeah it's kind of all all this all this kind of craziness you know happens yeah. and and um but i mean i think i my i would expect that this is the last year either ronaldo or messi will have won i think from now on i don't think they'll get any more okay i could be i could be wrong but that would be my prediction mm-hmm. yeah good question ronaldo you, was number six quick so, question go do, ahead, you think that, do you think they should take account of last season i mean i think they should run it um you mean you mean you mean when they when they, last the, year, the year yeah. they didn't give yeah I, uh, yes, I mean personally, yes. I mean, you know, I think that that Lewandowski is one of the clearly a gr- one of the greatest strikers we've ever seen, and I think it's, yes, I agree. Be really sad for all his efforts these last two years if he didn't mm-hmm. win. It would just be be a little bit of a tragedy, and you know that he deserves it, in my opinion. So. I would say that they should just retroactively give him the award for 2020. It's it's you don't have to do like hold a ceremony. You can just like do the voting and send him the award. So I don't know how how hard that is to do. But I don't disagree. I don't disagree there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, so it's and like then once in a life thing for you. you know? Exactly. Like, you know winning in the era of those two greats is already a great thing that yeah. you can have on your career. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and certainly the other the other guy I think coming up this year I think you know we'll see if he continues the way he is is Mo Salah for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is destroying the Premier League right now. Basically, you think he's the best player right now? At least at the moment. I mean, who knows if that continues right. through mm-hmm. through you know through the rest of the season? It's a long season. He could get injured. He could lose form. Blah blah blah. Things happen. But uh, he seems to me like like the best player. I mean, I think. Lewandowski would would be up there too. I think it's between the two of them. They're just the way they just bang in the goals. I think Mo Salah does a little bit more. Uh, right. I think he's doing. You know, Bundesliga fans might get mad at me. Mo Salah is doing it in a little bit of a harder league. Um, and and so I just I, so I think I put Salah I put Salah up there. And well, again, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. But I would put right. I would he'd be my early favorite for the for the next board. Yeah. Definitely. Salah has been amazing. And the way like Liverpool scores goals with such ease at yeah, like they I have I have not seen that like it kind of reminds me of that, you know, um uh, the the 08 United team with Ferguson and like when Scrolls and, and Giggs and Ronaldo and Rooney were a part of that team in the Premier League and they were just destroying teams in that year the the ease of like goal scoring in that liverpool team is just crazy it's like very effortless and the way that the way they're lightning lightning quick counters you know yeah you know that team had rooney tevez and ronaldo just running at guys and just you know it's like, it's like sticking right. three terriers on them and then what right. this liverpool team has has salah and Mane, and then whoever else they need so whether it's jota right. whether that's firmino uh, and whether that's you know Alexander Arnold gets in there, mm-hmm. uh, different different players, different players get in there. The only thing I would I would add is that I think that United team's a bit overrated, but those they were quite scary to they were quite right. scary team to face, for sure. Yeah, 
I think I think every team with sort of this kind of star power, you know, gets a lot more hype in the media than they probably deserve. Like, you know, the Galacticos did not win anything in the Champions League. So, but yeah, they were a good team nonetheless. They so, barely so, won La Liga, for, so I think they yeah. won. Yeah. So, I, so I, I think they, you know, don't they. They rightly don't get credit. Yeah, I know yeah. we don't have to go into into old United teams, yeah. but that's just my personal right, opinion. Is that right, that right. seems a bit overrated. All right, all right. So <laughs> the only team we will, the only old team we can get into would be the Arsenal Invincibles. There you there go. There is no there controversy around that. <laughs> there you go. Fair. But Fair. but um, so who would be your top three early top three predictions based on right now? If you had to guess and gamble and put your money on top three Ballon d'Or I mean, I for mean, next year. So I would I would say so let's see I would so Sala obviously uh, mm-hmm. Lewandowski um, obviously and then a third um, a third player I mean that's a little bit harder because I think those two are definitely the best I mean mm-hmm. I think you know maybe Holland I mean you know he was started the season real mm-hmm. great had a bit of an injury right. yesterday played really well against Bayern Munich you know he's a young guy but I I really think. Right. He could be. He could really be up there with those guys, Erling Holland. Holland. Okay. Yeah. I had so I have two as yours, but number three for me was Benzema. And yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's another good choice. That would definitely be. Yeah. Be up there too for sure. Yeah, Benzema has like revived his career in in Real Madrid this year. Like the way he has been playing, and leading the team. They have defensive issues, but yeah, that's their offense has been spot on. Yeah. So, well, they don't need they don't need to worry because their offense is so good, basically. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so not talking about the old United team, but the current one could be interesting. Um, oh yeah, yes, yes, it could be. Yeah. It could definitely yeah. be interesting. <laughs> what so. What do you think there and the 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 Arsenal? So let's start with the Arsenal game, and then we we can like go into further about United and the managerial so, changes and all that. Yeah. So United just changed their just fired their manager. They had an interim manager right. who was uh, just there for two Premier League matches and I think one Champions League match. So the Arsenal match mm-hmm. was the last one. They played Arsenal mm-hmm. at uh, their home stadium of Old Trafford. The first goal was one of the most entertaining goals I've ever seen. Right. Uh, Fred, one of United's players, a Brazilian named Fred, uh, which has always struck me as a funny Brazilian name, but we won't get into that, uh, stepped on their goalkeeper's uh, ankle in the middle of a corner kick. De Gea thought he'd been stepped on by an Arsenal player, so he fell over because he thought he could get a foul. Turns out he was stepped mm-hmm. on by his own player. Then, then United managed to clear the ball, but then an Arsenal player got it and kicked it into an f- empty net. And that was empty because De Gea was on the ground uh, exaggerating mm. his pain. And so it was a very it was a very comedic goal and definitely made me laugh. Uh, unfortunately, United managed to claw it back. Unfortunately, from my perspective, Arsenal fan, United managed to claw it back. Uh, it was 2-2, and then Ar- Martin Odegaard, an Arsenal midfielder, gave away a very, very dumb penalty that, ha- that made me uh, very angry because it was just completely pointless. And then United buried the penalty and Arsenal wasn't able to generate uh, generate much there. So they, so they managed to win that match. That match, mm-hmm. so I was, again, I was disappointed because, you know, this United team is, is definitely underperforming their talent. And I would say um, one of the real reasons of that is, I mean, I think it really starts from an executive level. They just really don't have a plan uh, for what mm-hmm. they want to do. Uh, they're just really doing things piecemeal. So, I mean, we'll start with the, with, with at the managerial level. So their old manager mm-hmm. they just fired was is a former Norwegian player named Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So 
um, he had been basically an interim manager, and then he had some good results. Then the Champions League, they got a miracle win against PSG, and they and they decided right. to give him a full time contract. Now you don't give managers full time contracts based on based on miracle wins. wins. That's a very yeah. <laughs> very bad idea. It's not going to end well. And frankly, for United, it hasn't ended well. Um, last year they did okay. Uh, they got second, but of course that we talked about this last podcast, Liverpool were having all these injury issues. Chelsea had right. Lampard who was kind of sandbag, you know, kind of really hurting the team. So, right. uh, so they, ba- so he kind of looked okay, but it really kind of gave the set. The results were much better than the performance. And eventually uh, when your performance and your process, eventually the results are going to catch up to it. If your performance and process mm-hmm. are bad, so that's what happened to United, despite the fact they've actually added talent. So, they bought Ronaldo, but of course they bought Ronaldo on a whim. They Sancho. Didn't have a plan to, they didn't have and Sancho. I'll get into him in a second. Yeah. They, ha, they didn't have a plan to use Ronaldo. They just bought him so the city wouldn't get him. Right. But <laughs> Ronaldo's a guy you buy when you want to win the Champions League or win the Premier League this year. But Ronaldo also causes all these problems because he's 36, I believe, or 30, sorry, 36, right. 37, something 36, like that. 36, yeah. All, mm-hmm. all up there in age for a soccer right. player. And, mm-hmm. and he, uh, he doesn't really run that much, which makes sense because you're old and you need to conserve your energy for the right, right moments but they didn't compensate for that at all so you had <laughs> you ended up with these kind of really embarrassing results uh, against city and against liverpool and then uh, and then they also bought sancho they spent all this money on Jaden sancho and mm-hmm. they spent all this money to not play him which seems just very <laughs> very stupid uh why you would spend all this money on a guy they and the other thing is they didn't just buy they they, they spent several years like pursuing him and trying to get him to sign mm. trying to get the transfer to happen. Right. And then he comes and he doesn't play. Like what's, what's going on with your team? If, <laughs> if you're pursuing this high profile player. And then when he gets there, you don't play him. Then when he gets on the pitch, you don't have a plan to play him. So it's like, it's like what, what's going on with everything. And then, you know, there are right. further issues in the structure. So that's kind of the forward line. Then the midfielders right. are kind of I, under talented. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Roster construction is really, something that they did not look at because Ronaldo transfer seems to me is a very Jersey sale business sort of deal and not, not like actually someone who fits the team really well, considering they have the way their team is constructed. Like they play a double pivot. They were playing a double pivot with four, two, three, one with any amount of crazy, like rotations, like Scott McTominay with Fred and then Fred with, with Pogba and then Pogba with McTominay like all yeah. all combinations of double pivots and then Sancho was playing on the left and then he played on the right as a, you know on the right side once and then Bruno was Bruno like sometimes doesn't even know does he need to be a playmaker or if he wants to go should go in and ha- be like act as a second false nine striker or he needs to drop back during the defense i think those all those sort of issues happen when you cuz Ronaldo does not press right and you need someone to kind of cover his spaces when you're falling back in the defense so, yeah. and they don't really have a player who can like do that kind of sustained central, like cannot hold that sus- like central midfield area. Yeah. And I think it it's because I, I do believe you can't, you don't every, not all 11 players need to press. Even though we, we look at it in that way that like everyone should be able to press, but like the striker can get away with not pressing which ronaldo is but like the rest of the team is also not constructed in the way that they would they don't have like a good amount of work rates amongst themselves as well yeah so no, for, yeah. for sure you, you can definitely you get there are ways to yeah. compensate for a player not pressing but united is yeah. not doing that and you know you brought up their midfield 
the midfields, you know, they, they have also expensive players everywhere else on the pitch except their midfield, which means right. teams can control <laughs> matches against them, which is a huge, right. which ends up being a huge problem. And then, which is a huge, again, roster construction problem. The defense is actually decently constructed. Their problem is right, right. now their defenders are either hurt or out of form. So Rafael Varane, they bought a very expensive French uh, defender right. who's actually pretty good, but he's been hurt, unfortunately. And then their, their kind of star defender, Harry Maguire, is clearly like carrying an injury and out of form from the Euro European Championships this summer. So he played right. quite well last year, but then just kept playing through the whole summer for the England and the Euros and played pretty well. But he needs, he just needs, it clearly needs to rest. Like he's not right. <laughs> running as fast. He's not turning as well. He's not doing the turns he needs to do, you know, things like this. So it's just get the guy some recovery, get his body right, then get him back out there. So it's just kind of all these different problems. And, mm-hmm. you know, United should be the fourth, is the fourth most talented team in England. And it's by a lot. So the fifth, whatever you want right. to call the fifth place team, it, it is, they're much better, they're much more talented by a lot. And they're like, way behind West Ham is the current fourth place team. Right. Uh, which I mean, I'll I think is a bit, I mean, to be honest, is a bit, is a bit embarrassing. If you want my opinion, uh, they should, it should not be like this. So, so, but I think that, um, anything uh, changes with the new manager you think? So, I mean, I think, again, I think, I think he's clearly a, a, a talented guy in terms of building a team and talented guy in terms of coaching Ralph Ragnick. He's mm-hmm. coached in Germany. He's coaches hot, but again, he's coaches high pressing styles. United don't really seem to have a team right. that are really designed to do that. And there's a real question of whether Ragnick will have the kind of authority he needs over Ronaldo. You know, Ronaldo's a big star with a big ego, right. who has a lot of power in Manchester. We'll see if Pete, we'll see if we'll see if this guy can go up to him and say, You're on the bench today, and say that more than <laughs> once. Or for, right. or and what Ronaldo does. Does Ronaldo take it and take it like a good teammate? Or does he, you know, throw a fit right. and like you know, you know, act out and make it a big story and get his agent to release rumors to the press and, you know, right. make it all crazy. So, so we'll see. But again, I, I think there's a bit of a fit issue with this guy, but I think he's, uh, he's, he's a good man. And then there's also a question of his long-term future. He is just an interim manager for now. And there's talk of him being a consultant afterwards, or right, right. To yeah. an executive position. And I think this, this uncertainty to me, I, I, I don't think it's a good thing. To have, you know, yeah. it, it would be better if it was now you're going to be the manager until X date, then you'll be an executive. And so then everybody knows. But right. now it's like, well, we could keep him on or he could be an executive or we could just get rid of him. And I, I think right. that puts him in a precarious position that undermines his authority uh, with the team and then also kind of makes him uncertain of whether he wants to be there. So I think that that is a potential issue. Um, so I could certainly see it going a number of ways. But again, I think it, there's definitely a sense of they don't really have a have a really well thought out plan. Uh, I think unlike mm-hmm. they're you know unlike Liverpool, City, and Chelsea. Right. Uh, also, like even if so, let's say like if if like he can bench Ronaldo, right? Who do you play in that? Like, what will United play as a four 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 three three with Cavani uh, or like? I mean, you, does... you, so so he can split time with Cavani. Uh, mm-hmm. He can also play Rashford in that position. Rashford has has some experience and some good results as a mm-hmm. central center forward, and he's he also does things like run. Uh, and then you've right. also got Mason Greenwood, who <laughs> right. uh, who is a young player who's also been pretty good, but hasn't really had a chance at center forward for various reasons, which is interesting because it's only sk- not only skill, but he is by far the best at finishing. Clearly, yes. And yes. his other skills are either average or below average, which is fine for a young player to only have one great skill. Mm-hmm. Um, he can develop other parts of his game, but 
it's very odd that he's not doesn't really get that many chances as a center forward. And I think he he would also be another person you could put you could put there considering his yeah. finish his ability to score the score the ball. So. Right. So it's they they need to move forward towards building a team out of young guys so that they can actually be a potential good team in like two years time. Um, yeah, because Ronaldo's not going to be there in two years. Ronaldo, Ronaldo yeah. and Kamani aren't going to be there in two years. Like, what yeah. do you, you know? And they're not going to win anything. So, you know, right. they need to they need to build for the time that they will win. Or right. they have a chance right, to win. Right. Yeah. Very, very win now team. Reminds me of reminds me of another team. I don't know. A French French league. Are, are, are they across the English channel in, in, uh, yeah. in Paris? Are they across the English yeah. channel? Yeah. yeah. So, so we, we did mention uh, PSG just added a, a new Argentinian player this summer right. uh, that we talked about before, Mr. Mr. Leo Messi. And while they are doing quite well on, on League One by the table, uh, it's clear they're not really playing that well, considering they have three of the six best attackers in the world. Yeah. Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. And um, and of course, it's also odd because, you know, Neymar and Messi have played together before, so you'd think they'd have some better chemistry mm-hmm. uh, than they do. And I mean, again, I think there's there's structural issues at PSG. I think I, want, I think it's probably important to start with that because right. uh, they ha- they end up pampering a lot of the players in, in Paris. Uh, basically, you know, oh, we'll do anything you want. Like, thank you for being here. And that, that's partially an right. issue because the league, because the French league is considered a worse league than, say, England or Germany or Spain or Italy. Right, the, the fifth of the top five, definitely. And it's fifth Europe. by a lot. It's not close. That's right. the other thing. It's not close to <laughs> other four yeah. leagues. And so in order mm-hmm. to get players there, they have to give them a lot of money. And then they also, mm-hmm. you know, they also need to make sure their experience is as good as possible to keep them there. But that creates right. problems because you end up with a lot of player power. And so Neymar has quite famously dismissed matches for his sister's birthday and you know, all sorts of other things. Their yeah. previous manager, their previous manager, Thomas Tuchel, talked about how he wasn't focused on coaching. Uh, he had he had to handle right. all his other things. And so I think I think you need to start with the, with the structural issues um, from there. And I, you know, I think it makes it difficult to coach because it undermines the player and the manager's focus is not where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. You also have a situation where Mbappe wanted to leave this summer and he wasn't, he wasn't allowed to. So you right. have that problem. But again, I think a bit like United, but I think even more extreme is you have a mismatch of, of coach and players. Pochettino, Mauricio Pochettino, their Argentinian coach, is a great coach, uh, but he's not necessarily great at getting guys like uh, guys like Messi and Mbappe again. Messi or Messi and Neymar, excuse me. Messi, who's just old and not going to press, which is actually what he should do, and then and then Neymar, who kind of plays defense when he feels like it. Uh, he's not really good at getting those guys into a system. He's he's typically taking teams with all 11 players buying in, all 11 players running as much as they can uh, and pressing as much as they can. Uh, and so I think there's an, and, but, and there's an issue with him controlling those guys. And and so I think, you know, I don't I don't think it's really a great fit. I think the kind of technical players, the way Neymar, Neymar and Mbappe are, I think don't always don't always work in a Pochettino system. So I think uh, I think there's a lot of problems. I think adding Messi was a bit of was also a bit unnecessary. I mean, I, I think when you have Neymar and Mbappe, goal scoring is not your problem. So it's just kind of adding another layer of icing on the cake when you know maybe your filling is not up to par. And so, I mean, not that PSG is not, but the thing that pushes them over the top, you beat midfielder defense. And you know, I think actually to, to compliment Neymar and Mbappe, uh, me, compliment Neymar and Mbappe, you'd want a guy who's maybe more of a pure goal scorer. I mean you know, to think about, you know, an old, to compare it to an old Barcelona team, you could think of kind of 
the the treble winning team, I think it was 2015, oh, where they had Messi, Neymar, and Suarez. Again, Messi and Neymar played together, but they had Suarez who just scored a million goals, didn't need to play make, didn't need the ball in the same way. And I think you with you know Mbappe and Neymar also they they probably need that guy. The guy they do have for that, uh, we could also make a whole podcast about him because he's a complete soap opera character. But they they have this guy named uh, Mario Cardi who steals his teammates' lives. So just leave it at that. Since you're here, let's dive into the NBA. I want to get let's your point. Let's do it. On. Let's do let's it. Get your point on let's this. All right. So in beginning of the season, I had Durant favored to win MVP. But based off what the season going forward, I feel like Steph hands down the favorite. What do you think? Definitely. I mean, you can't really argue with with what he's doing right now and the, the level he's playing at. I mean, he's continued his great season from last year. The good thing for him is he doesn't need to do it all by himself. That's that's the great thing the, to see. The team is healthy. They healthy. So the, the team is healthy, and the team is actually seems to make sense around him as a in a way that it did not last year. So, I think what yeah, I, I think what makes the Warriors special is that they have more threats. Not just Steph. It's not Green. I mean, yeah, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson when he come back. They have Gary Payton Jr. I didn't think that was going to be something we will be talking about. They have Jordan Pohl and Juan Anderson, snipers from the three. So it's like, if, if you double-team Steph, you're going to end up leaving another threat open. So the Warriors really did it. They did their job, like, adding more snipers to their roster. They got rid of um, every Badley and put Gary Payton. Gary Payton come off the, the bench, average almost like a double-double. No, not a double-double, but double digits off the bench. So it put more points on the Warriors. Like no one can stop this team. They set they second rotation could be a start on another team. Yeah, I mean, you have to give credit to to their GM and the and the guys who put the team together because clearly, clearly they knew they they knew what they were doing around around Steph and kind of learned from their mistakes of last year. I think they got they got rid of guys like I believe Kelly Oubre was on the team last year. Mm-hmm. Um and guys like that. And I mean and you know, kind of the the I think kind of elf in the room there a little bit is James Wiseman because it seems like he doesn't really mesh well mesh very well with Steph. But he's a rookie. I think that's not yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you, yeah, that's fair. He has a lot to learn. He has, he's going to improve. But I think right now, if you want to win right now, I don't think James Wiseman is a guy you want to play a lot with, Steph. Okay. But, you know, he's going to be back pretty soon. So what no, do I, I do? They have to play him. So we'll see. I'm really interested to see what. I mean, and, like. And it, if, and it, it's also possible ahead. he's improved his game, too. It's also possible that he worked with Steph, improved his game, see, sees what the team's doing now and is adjusting mm-hmm. to it. You know, and he's got a lot of room. You know, he's a second-year player now. He's got a lot of room to grow. But, you know, they have a lot invested in him as well. I think with Weissman is more of um, his mental state. Because, yeah, being a rookie, I think he was a second-round draft pick. Second? But he was in the top no, five. The, first, the second, the second, yeah, the second pick, I think. Okay, so he was in the top five. That's a lot of pressure. Then you're on a team yes. with like great shooters, Hall of Famers, like record breakers. When you talk about stats wise, yeah. So, I think for him, he just needs to know like his plays. Not since like he don't humble himself, but more that he needs to put his work in. It's gonna take time because he's gonna come off the bench now. Green is fully healthy. Now they have Loney, who's like dominating in the paint. It's like he gotta get his niche when it when it's needed for him. And I think he has to understand that like. You're not going to be the number one option, not even number two option. You're going to come in when it's needed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then also, I think the, the other thing I think you'd think about is they put Andrew Wiggins in a better situation. He doesn't need to be uh, he doesn't need to be the second or third player on the team. 
he'll just show up sometimes when, you know, that couple of times <laughs> a month when he's good. I mean, it's true. I'm, I guess I'm being rude, but it's true. I mean, he, you know, he, he kind of flashes his great talent, but he can't really do it consistently. Well, it's a situation where, where he doesn't necessarily need to be consistent. And then it, it, it kind of makes more sense for the way they feel their team, I think, as well. I think Wiggins, his, his story is kind of weird because he wasn't a one draft pick. Then they traded him. Then when he was with the, the Timberwolves, he was like, I don't want to say bully, but Jimmy Butler and, and Anti Town, they didn't really click. So it's just more of like mentally he wasn't there, but he was there for the money, I would say. But now he's on a team that actually values him and actually appreciate him. You see how his production on the field is even better than last season. Like he picks his spots to shoot. He's awesome on defense. And you can tell all around, like when it comes to playoff, he's going to be like a real key piece for the uh, Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he could really win a series for them. He could win, you know, or win a crucial game for them. And he doesn't have the pressure to do it. And I think in a certain way, which I think really seems like from the outside, it's something that really helps him actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have the, I, I feel like Steph is the MVP and we're going to take it all. All right. We're going to end yeah, it on that, that part. That, that part of that part. I'm a little more interested to see which one. Which one? If the Warriors, if the Warriors win the championship, we'll, we'll I'm looking like who's gonna, the only team I feel like could stop them are like paper wise is the Bulls. But we could go into that for like years, so I don't want to pr- prolong this. But we're gonna end it here. All right. The Staples Center, <clears throat> the great token of Los <laughs> Angeles. The Clippers and the Lakers played their last game together when the name's gonna be Staples Center, and you know money wise everything's money. The name is going to change into crypto.com arena. arena. That is a mouthful. But I'll say this. What's your most memorable moment at Staples Center? I know we went to a lot of games there. Some we cried. Some we left happy. So what's your most memorable moments at Staples Center? All right. So so for ones that I was there, for one that I was there, I saw Kobe in 2003 hit. Uh, I think at the time of record, I think it was 12. I'm, that number could be slightly higher or lower. Three pointers against the Sonics. Uh, I sat, my cousin managed to get seats somehow in like a box. So we sat in a box and watched him just drain three pointers against the Sonics. So that was definitely my favorite memory in person. I would say my favorite memory, not in person of just watching, would be uh, the alley uh, Shaq's, the alley oop uh, in game seven of the, mm-hmm. of, I think it was the 2000 conference finals against the Blazers. With Kobe, Kobe to Shaq, and that alley oop would definitely be my uh, one of my favorite Staples Center moments. Yeah, uh, that day I, I was like, I would have loved to be in there. Yeah, man, that that day I was like, forget homework. I need to watch this game. It was just, <laughs> it, sure. was, sure. it was just for too sure. much going on. But for me, I would feel like for me, uh, a game live uh, watching would be, it would be Miami versus the Lakers. I know they was talking about this yesterday. Kobe one leg shot over the way Wade. I thought that game sticks out to me because I had a friend who bet at that game and she was like, give me my money. They about to lose. I said, no, 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 no. Kobe got the ball. <laughs> no, no. He shot that ball net back, hit the backboard into the net. I turned around and said, what money? So that game will always like have a joy in me. Cause I won and Lakers once so it's a double bonus, but game I went live. I think the funny one is like the one we went to. I guess it, it was a buzzer beater game, but we both thought the Lakers was going to lose. But Did D'Angelo Russell hit that yes. buzzer beater? 
and D'Angelo yeah. Russell in that buzzer beater. We both stared at each game. other. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I spent the whole I spent the whole game rooting against the Lakers. I'm like, I want we a better draft did. pick. I was like, I want a better draft pick. And then and then uh, that game was so funny because when he shot it. I want to rejoice me, but we just said each other like, what are they but doing? It, but also it wasn't like clean. It he didn't like he didn't like no. you know it was it was, it was like it, how many times did it bounce? How high did it bounce? I think it was what, like what three it? high bumps and it went in. I looked at it, it was people. almost as many bounces as that famous Kawhi yeah. uh, game winner. It was like just slightly <laughs> less than that. And 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 D'Angelo Russell, and we were just like looking at each other, what's going on? I was like, come on. He was like, oh, our draft picks. What? Yeah, exactly. Why are you winning? Exactly. Why are you winning, man? Oh, God. So, but so many games. All right. I want to thank Sam. Thank you, Sam, for joining us on this episode. Thanks, thanks for having so me. All right. You guys stay safe. See you next time.